Hi, folks. Chris Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Hey, we're coming here with another great podcast. We certainly appreciate you guys tuning in. Be sure to give us a like, subscribe to us on YouTube. Tell your friends, neighbors, relatives, all those folks to sign up for the Chris Voss Show podcast. They can do it on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify. You can find us on any of the great podcast apps out there. We certainly appreciate you referring your friends to the show. Now, as always, we have the best guests on the Chris Voss Show, and I've got a most wonderful, super smart, brilliant gal. Her name is Rebecca Walser. She is the wealth management advisory professional and uh, that's the name of her company actually so uh we're having her on she's a certified financial planner she's an experienced wealth strategist best-selling author and she's uniquely qualified to access structure and implement the best income maximization wealth maximization tax mitigation minimization and optimal legacy strategies for her clients and if you don't know what that is she's going to tell us and explain all to us she has a book wealth unbroken growing wealth uninterrupted by market crashes taxes and even death where she truly brings a wealth of understanding to the personal finance book space welcome to the show rebecca how are you today i'm so great thanks for having me chris i'm excited to be here it's exciting to have you. As we talked in the pre-show, you've got a lot of great ideas and concepts on how people can better manage their wealth. Give us the website plugs on where people can find you on the interwebs. Absolutely. Walser Wealth, which is W-A-L-S as in Sam E-R, WalserWealth.com. And um, the book is on available on Amazon.com, of course, Wealth Unbroken. And so it's WalserWealth.com. Sounds good. Welcome to the show. And uh, so... You're a financial advisor, a certified financial planner, and so you help people uh, with their wealth, help people manage their money and all that good stuff. You've, I've looked over your website. you got a, a client basis where clients can come on and work with you and all that good stuff. Give us a good overview for a uh, layman who doesn't, who isn't familiar with who you are, what you do, as to how you do it. Excellent. So, you know, my background's a little bit unique, Chris, in the sense that I was in uh, finance for a decade before I became a lawyer. So uh, after working in finance in corporate America for almost a little over a decade, I uh, went to law school and then I went and got my advanced law degree in federal taxation from NYU and New York City. So, and that's the best tax law program there is. So my background really led me to come out of that after being in finance for a decade, working in tax law exclusively for a while. And that just didn't work out for me because I would go into these meetings with these clients and uh, they would not know my financial background. So I'd be meeting with them as their tax lawyer with their advisor in tow, giving them financial advice. And it was just impossible. It was a no-win situation. I would be, my ears would start burning as the financial advisor started talking. So I knew that was uh, not going to work for me. And about four years ago, I'm going into my fifth year now, I uh, opened my own practice holistically so I could marry the practice of tax, which is so important this day and age for uh, Americans in the in the perspective of building wealth and sustaining wealth. So that's sort of where my practice is, is the convergence of tax into wealth and maximizing wealth that we have and can, can maintain. So you help people plan for retirement, uh, plan for their, uh, well, passing away, life insurance, all that sort of good stuff. Basically how they can do the whole package to, to live their lives successfully, financially, and do well. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, I am what I would put myself in the category of anti conventional, I'm outside the conventional box. And thank God, because that's what we need at this day and age. And um, I basically my mission and the reason I wrote the book really because I wanted to get this message out way beyond what I could do physically, you know, myself talking to you and talking to other people and doing interviews and traveling the country and having a book tour. It was just not enough of me to get out there to speak to an individual. So writing a book is getting your message to as many as you possibly can. And the book really conveys why things are so different and why we have to really change where we're headed from now until, you know, the future. Now, in your book, you talk about being an unconventional uh, certified financial planner. Um, what does that mean to you? What, is, what, is, what, does, what does unconventional mean for you and, and, and how can that really help people? You know, our society, Chris, is really lazy. Americans, uh, we have become, and I don't mean to offend anybody, but we've just become very complacent and very lazy. And so what has happened over the last three decades now is the government has sort of realized that for most people that are working in in the world, you know, 40% of them don't have access to what we call the 401k plan at their employer. It's a small to medium-sized business. They don't offer a 401k. So most like 40% of our population who's, who are working don't have access to this plan. So the government has just gone ahead and assumed that the fact that 60% of our workforce has access to a 401k means that because they have access to something that's better than nothing. And so the 401k has really become the default retirement plan since really 1981. And nobody really did the critical analysis of when it came into prominence, if it made sense, if it really was going to bear fruit long term, because it happened by accident. And so when you things when things happen by accident, you don't do these critical calculations. I have been running these calculations now for 10 years of my life. And I am here to tell you that conventional advice to max out your 401k to max out your IRA is probably the absolute worst possible advice you could take in 2018 and beyond. And so that's where I'm anti-conventional. I the, the lazy side of America is this is what everyone has access to. So let's use it and maximize it to its fullest without really any regard for it. Does this really make sense? Is this the best plan to use? Yeah, conventional wisdom sometimes can bite you in the butt. I, I studied to be a stockbroker, and so I understand, you know, Federal Reserve, M1, M2, investing. I used to do day trading on the NASDAQ uh, uh, level two. Um, and, nice. and yeah, so people people that follow the conventional wisdom, you know, the, the conventional wisdom is basically the sheep run together. Uh, Amen. <laughs> <that's> <laughs> so right. They want to run off a cliff. I remember uh, I got very lucky and moved to Las Vegas in the uh, in the two thousands, uh, right before the the, the bubble pop, bop, uh, popped, mm -hmm. yeah. and uh, sold my home in Utah, and then moved to Las Vegas. And thank God I didn't have assets in a home. Uh, and we came to Las Vegas to invest. And after meeting with the real estate agents here, I found that the bubble was about to pop, and I found why it was about to pop. And uh, Thank God I wasn't caught in a home. But at that time, there was so many people that I was talking to in the real estate business and uh, mortgage business that I was in at the time um, that had lost their life savings or they were planning on those homes to be part of their retirement communities. And, yeah. uh, you know, we talked in the pre-show about how a lot of people, you know, when they hit their 50s and 60s, they need to quit being in volatile sections of the economy for investment. Right. They need right. to be in areas where, that's much more secure, maybe a lot less risk, but 
you know, you're not going to lose your retirement. Right. But, uh, you need to think about these things because a lot of people, they, you know, I, I'm an entrepreneur. I probably, hopefully, will be lucky enough to to keep working seven years after I die, like Warren Buffett says. Um, and I may have to <laughs> at this point um, <laughs> to pay for all do uh, dog treats um, <laughs> for my huskies, but. But uh, I mean, people really have to think about this thing and and throwing your money. I, I can see. I've always wondered about four hundred one k's because when they first came out, they were tax free, and I'm like, they're not. That's not going to be tax free forever. They're going to tax that eventually, and they did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like anytime, anytime there's something the government makes, like, hey, this is tax free. Everyone sign up for that. <laughs> they're going to be like, uh, uh, we changed your mind. Yeah, yeah. I know. I hear you. So what exactly. are some vehicles that you you uh, counsel your clients on? They can get with you and and do financial planning for their portfolios, what they want to help achieve. Um, what, what's the what's the what's the sort of things that you usually recommend for them that are unconventional? So on the tax side, um, not talking about the other problem, which is market volatility, which you just were talking on and touching on just now, Chris, but on the tax side, we really only do have two tax-free asset classes. We only have two choices. People are mistakenly under the belief that tax, uh, federal tax-free municipal bond income is tax-free. It, in fact, is not an asset class I qualify as tax-free, and that is because it's what we call, it's part of what we call the provisional income calculation, meaning that when you retire and the government goes to calculate how much tax you have to pay on Social Security, which was also supposed to be tax-free, like you were just talking about, um, now it's been taxable for quite a while and substantially increased in taxation in the 90s, what the, the provisional income calculation includes your tax-exempt municipal bond interest. So if you have nothing but municipal bond interest income and you have a social security benefit, just give you an easy number of 25,000, the government can easily say and does often say, okay, you have to pay us back $4,000 tax of this 25,000. In essence, we are reducing your benefit or means testing your benefit based on your other income from 25,000 to 21,000 because we're recollecting back or recapturing $4,000 in a tax. So for that reason, municipal bond income is not one of the two asset classes that are, are truly tax-free. That leaves us from on the tax side of just two asset classes, which is the Roth and or, you know, the Roth, it can be a Roth 401k, it can be a Roth IRA, but it is the Roth. And then the other asset class that's more tax-free than the Roth and probably way more heavily protected than the Roth is cash value life insurance. Um, as a note on cash value life insurance, a lot of people, you know, hear this and they'll, they'll turn off automatically. Their, their mind is sort of conventionally tuned to say, oh no, gosh, I you know, I don't want, I, I know that's bad. I, I've heard the buy term, invest the difference, you know, keep insurance, insurance, investments, investments. And I will just say that's just really, I don't want to call it ignorant, but that is a really uh, dumb move to just automatically shut your brain down to the opportunity for life insurance. Because the rich, the rich in our country, like going back all the way to the Rockefellers have been leveraging the use of life insurance for hundreds of years to maximize wealth. A lot of people mistakenly believe that life insurance is only for death benefit. That is not what we're talking about. We're talking about leveraging life insurance for its living benefits, for accessing your cash value and your cash buildup during your lifetime tax-free for the rest of your life legally. It's a legal domestic tax shelter. So that would be your other second option really on the tax side. And what you have, Chris, is you have a lot of people out there in America that have built money pre-tax in a 401k and have potentially maybe rolled it over to an IRA or, or, you know, when they retire, they'll roll it over to an IRA. And they think, well, it's too late for me. I've already done these things. Well, it's not too late for them. You can convert 
any money that's already been built up in a 401 or an IRA to a Roth, at least under the current tax code, you can make that conversion. You can choose to do that. It doesn't matter how much you make, you can convert. And you can also take distributions and fund life. And so you can reposition a pre-tax tax forever account, which would be the 401k, the IRA, into a tax never again account, which would be the Roth and the life insurance. So you do have options on the tax side to really take advantage of the fact that our tax code now is the lowest it has been since the 1930s under FDR. That's pretty amazing. So do I need a lot of money to open up a Roth account, say if I'm working for myself or um, or, is it, or is it something? And, and the other question I have for you is, do I, if I'm already retired, can I make these changes or is this something I need to pre-plan for? You can make these changes. You can, you, as long as the code allows it, you are not too late. And if you're not, you know, dead and not breathing, you, it is not too late to make these changes. So I have a lot of clients that come to me that are on the verge of retirement, retiring or already retired. And they're like, okay, here's what I've built and here's what I have. And is it too late? And the question, the answer is no, it's not too late. In fact, this is the perfect time to do it because since we just got the tax reduction of 2017, end of 2017, with tax loads being as low as they are now, you easily can do a five to seven year what I call reposition window where you're moving systematically moving over that five to seven year period what you've already built pre-tax inside of an IRA or 401k into the Roth or taking a distribution and moving it into life. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing your quote here on on your website it's not how much you make it's about how much you keep. My mom uh, was a teacher for 20 years, so she has, uh, I believe she has an IRA. I know she complains a lot about her retirement account. And one thing that was shocking and eye-opening to her was the amount of taxes if in distributions if you take out money out. Uh, and then they, I think they give you like a yearly cap you can take, and then if you take more, then it's the, you know they punish you more. So certainly having pre-retirement or uh, strategies is really important. And, and I don't think a lot of people realize some of the back end of this until they get into retirement and they, their eyes get open and they're like, whoa, holy crap, there's still lots of taxes back here. You know, Chris, I hear what you're saying. You don't know how important it is, but what, what what's really important right now, have you ever heard of that uh, analogy or that little, I don't know what you'd call it, little like parable, I guess, of the pot where the frog is in the pot and the water's warm and it feels nice, but what, what the frog doesn't realize is that it's slowly being turned up and, and they're boiling to death. They just don't realize it because they don't feel it so slow, so gradual. And this is what's actually happened with the U.S. tax system for the last three decades. We have, were told in the 80s that we should convert, we should contribute and build up this pre-tax accounts because why should we pay tax? Don't pay the tax in your peak earning years while you're making the most. Defer the tax, put the money into the retirement account. And when you retire and you're in a lower tax bracket because you're making less, take the money out then and pay the tax then. So we've been kind of promised this lower tax rate if we will wait till we retire and we're making less money. The problem with that conventional advice is that it requires tax rates to stay the same. And that is a mathematical impossibility. We are on the verge of the largest demographic shift in the history of the world of people going from worker bee to recipient of government programs. And that is across the world. This has never been the phenomenon before. So in the United States of America specifically, we have our largest organic born population, the baby boomers, retiring um, and going from working and paying 
campaign and contributing to collecting on Social Security and Medicare as they are rightfully entitled to do. I don't mean to make this sound like a negative. They're entitled to do it, but we have to look at the economic impact of what is happening. And the economic impact of what is happening is every single time one of these baby boomers retires, it is a double negative to our federal budget because right now they're paying and contributing. Simply retiring means they're stopping to contribute. So that's the first negative to the federal budget. And then they start becoming a recipient. So now we're paying out. So every single one of them is a double negative. The problem is nobody's talking about the problem. That's the problem. And so what's happening is we have been told by the government for 15 years that we would not get to two people paying into Social Security for every one person getting benefits until the year 2030 which is a special year because that's the year the last baby boomer retires. It's like the end of the boomer retirement period. But the, in actuality, December 27th, 2017, there was a special news bulletin that said record number 61 million Americans on Social Security for the first time. 61 million Americans on Social Security in December of 2017 when we had the equivalent of 126 million full-time workers. So we hit essentially two to one in 2017, 13 years ahead of schedule. But what's more important than that, Chris, is that it was before 70% of the entire boomer population has even begun to retire. So we're already at two to one now before 70% of our boomers have even started to retire. They will begin to retire in four years in 2022 and a five to six year succession, one year after the other year, after the other year, after the other year. And this is when you're going to see our tax policy have to mathematically completely change to where it's unrecognizable than what we've had for the last 30 years. And what you're going to have is all of these Americans that have built all of this wealth as they've been told in 401ks and in IRAs pre-tax thinking that they were going to get a lower tax bill actually be shocked at how much the government has to take from what they're taking out to live on. Yeah, my mom has uh, complained about how uh, I think she's seen a small increase in taxes or her financial planners warning her she might see a small increase in taxes. And yeah, like you, I believe these, I mean, we, we made a guarantee to these people. We promised them something and, and it has to be delivered. Um, but it, I think your point is, is that people need to look out for themselves. They need to plan for themselves. They need to invest in good strategies with their financial money because who knows what the future will hold. I know my mom worries a lot about, you know, there was some recent uh, talk in, in Congress about how, they might need to raise taxes or do something with entitlements. And she's like, I worked all my life for that money. And you just never know what the future is going to hold or what maybe, you know, what if they decide in the government, they're like, hey, we're going to tax the crap out of this, that, or the other. You've got to protect yourself and look out for yourself. And looking over your website, it looks like you talk about a lot of strategies, uh, like you say, unconventional, where people are, you know, they need to make a plan. If they don't make a plan, well, then they're probably going to reap the, the, the downside of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's all about control. And, you know, when you have wealth, it's uh, going to be controlled by the government for the rest of your life, which it is if it's not tax-free. If it's perpetually taxed, the government is perpetually in control, and that's the problem because the government's got a, a really bad set of facts that they're going to be dealing with very, very soon. So right now, we're we're in the pot. The water's warm. We think everything's fine, or at least it's not uh, uncomfortable enough to complain. What's coming is what is what we have to prepare for. We have to jump out of the pot before we get boiled, and that's that's the whole what that's what we do in a nutshell. Yeah, if you don't look out for your money, no one else will. In fact, everyone else will spend it. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's right. been my experience. 
Um, you, you know, it, it's if it, if I don't have uh, one person spending it, somebody else will spend it. But yeah, you've got to look out for yourself. And for a lot of people, when they retire, they're not getting income after that. I mean, like I said, I'm self-employed, so I'll probably always get retirement or I'll, I'll have income past retirement. But then I have to start looking at strategies because I get penalized for money I earn after a certain age that uh, that gets taxed, I believe, like 50% or something like that. So I'll, I'll even have to incur that. But a lot of people don't realize, you know, at the end of retirement, you end up getting taxed for a lot of things that you didn't think you get taxed for. I know that's been a complaint from both uh, my, from all my parents. Um, and, uh, and then also um, uh, the, the distributions and stuff that you're gonna make and you're not making any more income. There's nothing more really coming in unless you have like a side business or, or some sort of other thing. But even then, the taxation on that is huge. Right. Exactly. I mean, you know, you, you build up your, what I call during your accumulation phase of your whole life, which is the first, you know, more than half of your life building and saving and, and building up a pot of wealth. And it's supposed to stay, sustain you for the rest yeah. of your life. So, you, you know, people don't factor in the government control of the wealth that they've built and what that means in the future. They just don't factor it in. So when, when they do get the bill and they see the tax that's been withheld from the distribution, they're like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Yeah, that's the actual uh, withholding of the um, of the pie so uh, we have to build that in so that we can be prepared yes a hundred percent and I think what a lot of people don't realize is that uh, people are living longer now and the way they're kind of going with some of these new medical things we might be living into our hundreds yep. and if you're retiring at 65 that's about 40 years of income that somehow you've got to stretch out and make work and and make happen Exactly right. I mean, the uh, the fact that we, the longevity of our lifespan has increased, and at the same time, the cost of medical care has also increased, is a big problem for um, the fact that you know it used to be that you could maybe just augment Social Security for fifteen or twenty five years, twenty years, twenty five years at the most. Now we are, are a lot longer on that that time frame. So you're exactly right. And you bring up an excellent point. The longer you're living, the more health, you know costs you're going to generate and the more probably complications you're going to have my mom god bless her she's you know she's having her knees replaced she's had one knee replaced she's scheduled to have another replaced um you know you just need the older you get the more you break down the more work you need and uh, you're still alive so that's good but uh, <laughs> you know you're going to need more health visits and payments to hospitals and everything else and uh, certainly it's a challenge and I, I, like I said, I remember when the uh, uh, housing boom busted and there was a lot of people I talked to who were in their 50s and 60s who had taken out you know, these home equity loans and, and different things and suddenly they were upside down by 200000 in their home and, and here they thought they would have all this equity that they would convert into their retirement. And so for a lot of them, you know, it, it's sad here in Las Vegas. I actually go to like Costco or Walmart or other places and I see very old people working there that I'm like, you know, I, I don't want to be mean, but I'm like, this person looks like they should have retired a long time ago. Yeah. That's probably because of the housing boom that happened, uh, bust that happened here in, in Las Vegas in the, in the two thousands. And so, you know, for all I know, I'm, I'm probably going to work in the streets when I hit 70. Uh, <laughs> no. Skirt hustling or something. I don't know. Uh, but, <laughs> 
you've <laughs> got to protect yourself. You've got to control your money and manage your money. And you work with clients to help them do that. It looks like you have a client portal so people can, I guess, go in and work with you on your website and see what's sure. money and all that good stuff. Yep, absolutely. Definitely. You know, I think if once we get past the tax and we, we figure out well, how we work, Chris, is we were like we're to reverse engineer. So let's take, for example, you. If you said, hey, Rebecca, um, I'm going to retire in 10 years and I want to have this much per year. We sort of do a gap analysis. We say, okay, we're here. We're starting here. We know we're ending here. So we always begin with the end in mind. And we kind of reverse engineer where we are to where we want to end up. And then we figure out what is the gap. So based on what you've already accumulated, what you already have, some people have nothing. A lot of America has nothing. Believe it or not, Chris, I, you know, the, the half, more than half of America has nothing outside of Social Security. Another reason we have to be very, very concerned, the people that have built wealth, that's where it's going to be taken from. So for those people that have means, they have to be all the more protective and looking out for themselves. I hate to say this, but it's just because of the fact that the government has to go and get the money where the wealth is and the wealth is held by less than half of the country. So for for the people that have means and have wealth and how do we get to where we're going, we start off with what kind of lifestyle do we want to maintain the rest of our life? Not having to work, just passively, what's the lifestyle? And then we figure out what does it take to get that lifestyle? What is the asset base it takes? And then we're obviously building tax implications into that picture. We're also building volatility because like you said, at a certain point, the market is not your friend. You know, um, once your investment horizon, 10 years or, or less from retirement, is is there. Once your 10 years are out from retirement, we've just the fact is unconventional advice uh, about to be delivered. The fact is we cannot afford to go through a market correction of 50%. And this is what we have had now. This is what I call the new normal in the book. Ever since globalization through the internet and self phone technology, which is came about in the late 90s and early 2000s. So you have that what I call the industrial technological revolution, which made us a global world. We had a 49% peak to trough, top to bottom decline from the dot com bust. And we had a 57% peak to trough, top to bottom correction from the Great Recession. So what we have now is this new age of the new normal, which is super high market highs, followed by super low market lows. This this has become normal and it's going to happen again. And when you are 10 years out from retirement, if your portfolio sustains a 50% correction, the last two times it took five years from the dot-com bust and it took four and a half years from the housing bust of the Great Recession for the market to return to its pre-bust level. So that means if we have 10 years left and it takes us half that time just to get to what we had before the correction, yeah. now we have five years left to grow our money. It is a losing proposition. Once yeah. you get into retirement, it's impossible because now you have to take money out of that portfolio every year to supplement Social Security to live off of. And if the market has crashed and your portfolio is down, the last thing we, any financial advisor, you know this from your days in, in Wall Street, the last thing any financial advisor wants you to do is take money out of an, a portfolio that has just been decimated down. You have to yeah. let it breathe. And unfortunately, letting it breathe for four or five years if you're retired is not a possibility. So the wealth killer in retirement is market volatility, which means and demands that 10 years and out from retirement, we have to look at alternative strategies. There is just no other mathematical way to read this. And we may be uh, entering another recession, I think, in 2020. I think that's about where we're, we're going to go with the way the market's going. China's about ready to, I believe, 
enter into a new age of economic weakness where their money policy that they've been tricking their economy on for about, I think, the last 10 or 15 years, they've been generating their own GDP by of course, just building absolutely. cities. You're right. Go, the ghost cities, as we call them. Yeah, yes. The ghost cities. And mm -hmm. they're, they're starting to, to uh, hit market vol volatility with their with their financial markets. You know, I, I, we, you were talking earlier about, you know, not knowing what the government's going to do or what's going to happen with economies and, and maybe them taxing stuff much. Uh, it may be, and this may be speculative. I may be a little bit more hyper bullish, but we saw kind of this in England, Great Britain. And we also saw this in Greece where, the economies crashed there to a point they had to go after entitlements uh, for retirees. In fact, uh, Greece just removed, I, I think, like 10,000 priests or something. I guess priests are part of the government payroll over there. They've had to get really hard on on retirees, which is very unfair. Um, but, you know, this is just one of those things you need to plan for because you're going to need to plan for volatility. You need to plan for crazy government tax increases. You know, what's the old line? The the two things most certain life are death and taxes. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Exactly. Yes. Paint that on your forehead, tattoo it, and, and go, hey, I need to uh, plan more, better for my wealth and everything else. So um, I, it, there could be a future, and, and this might be a little scary, like I say, or hyperbolish, but we could have a sort of Athens-type uh, Greece uh, collapse. I think Italy went through a little bit of it. But I know the retirees in in England had to had to had to deal with some of their entitlements and, and stuff that they were receiving as well. We could have that sort of situation here in the U.S. And certainly planning is important. Uh, right now, I think most people that plan uh, they think somehow that fifteen dollars they spend every morning in Starbucks goes towards their retirement plan. <laughs> Isn't that true? You know what you're saying. It could not be more cl closer to the truth. You know, Chris, it's a hundred percent a fact. I actually uh, did a couple of radio shows a couple of years ago on the similarities between the United States of America and the fall of the Roman Empire, and how similar our two countries are. Um, uh, you know, it's just it's just incredible. The Roman Empire, you know. Um, save maybe the British Empire um, once, you know, pre, you know, Br British imperialism, basically, with the exception of that period of history, the Roman Empire was the most vast, you know, on the face of the earth. And um, it was a it was a result of two main things, the wars that they kept conquering once, you know, place after another, and in order to support those efforts had to tax their people to basic death. And so between the raising of debt to finance their military strategy across the world, and to tax their people to death to pay for these strategies, uh, they they imploded upon themselves, and the United States cannot ec escape economics forever. Yeah. We are not immune to supply and demand and the economics of, you know, what we offer and what we what we produce. And we have because we've been the world reserve currency since 1944, Bretton Woods, uh, the end of the World War and World War Two and really taking that position. We have leveraged that the heck out of that to sort of borrow against our future. And that's our twenty two trillion dollars of debt. We mm -hmm. have borrowed against our future and lived a lifestyle that we can't afford to the tune of 50 percent a year. And just to really quickly tell you what that means. We collect um, about 
half of our spending and tax revenue, the other half is spent through debt financing. So that's why we're basically raising our, our, our federal debt every year by a trillion dollar deficit. We, if, if we were tomorrow no longer be able to sell our debt because we were tomorrow no longer the world reserve currency of the world, hypothetically, uh, Bitcoin came along and all of a sudden was universally accepted everywhere and could be used as a, a scalable currency. So nobody ever wanted the US dollar to trade anymore uh, and we couldn't sell our paper. Uh, we would overnight experience a 50% decline of spending nationwide. So this is not what you're saying is even though you're sort of, you know, off the cuff saying, oh, we could we could have entitlement cuts. We have a lot of things go very wrong. And, and I think people just need to prepare that, you know, these things are coming. And I, I got a lot of people that will quickly off the cuff sort of say, well, people are never going to elect politicians that are going to raise taxes. And they're just missing the point so badly. They're, they're missing the whole point. It, it is not a matter of blue and red and who's going to raise my taxes and I can't believe I elected you. Let me fire you. It's a mathematical problem at this point. It is black and white math. It has nothing to do with politics. It's about ec economics. And like I said, we can't fake it forever. And, and we're due for a recession. I mean, what, what a lot of people don't know, and this is why they should hire people like you to, to do financial planning with them, is you guys follow what the Fed does with their rates. Right exactly. now, we have the Fed doing what's called cooling the economy. They're raising the Fed rates to cool the economy. We have more jobs than we have um, people to fill them. Um, and because of it, uh, either either employers have to do one of two things. They either have to lay off and cut back on, on their growth and their expansion, which we're seeing GM do, and and re, um, re what's the right word, rejigger their, their uh their outlines on what they want to take and accomplish with their companies in the future, or they can increase pay to employees. Well, increasing pay to employees reduces profits, which Wall Street doesn't like, and then blah, blah, blah. There's those pressures there. But they are ratcheting, and they've made their signal very obvious from the Fed, which they normally don't do. But they've, you know, I think at the beginning of this year or last year, they stated, we're going to go through several different jumps and increases. And people don't realize they will cool the market to keep inflation down. And in in every move that, this, that the Fed always makes, and the 20 years that I was a mortgage agent, a real estate agent, they always overshoot it. And they always overcompensate. And then we go into a small recession, oh, sometimes a bigger one. Um, and then, and then, you know, it takes us several years to come out of that. And, you know, it's the, it's the constant ebbing and tide. I always counsel people, if you, if you want to, you should read some books on the Fed, uh, Federal Reserve, how it works, how it affects the economies, and sometimes how it's uh, trashed whole countries around the world and, and creates uh, uh, sometimes real economic instability by some of the Fed rules and, and policies that it's taken and made. So uh, dealing with someone like you who can financially plan for the future, who can financially plan and monitor the Federal Reserve, the recessions, pending stuff, I really think we're heading for a recession in 2020, uh, if not late 2019 that we might enter it. There's it only so long a, a economy like ours can hum along without uh, starting to hit inflationary pressures, and the Fed has to move to regulate those. And because of that, they are, it, it is designed to slow the economy and slow inflation and given it will have effects where you know we'll probably see joblessness increase and we'll go through a two or three year period of whatever just like we've talked about where there'll be a correction and then somehow you've got to play catch up after that 
I agree. I mean, I think that the correction, it, it could even be starting late uh, 2018. And, and you've seen the bubble from October, November, now uh, December um, going on forward. So if it's not 2020, it could be sooner. Uh, the, the, the thing is, Chris, you never know when the market's going to actually have it. But what we do know, the, the, what we can talk about is what we do know. And what we do know is that this is the longest bull market uninterrupted by a bear thus far, which is a 20% decline or greater, as you know. Uh, it's the longest bull market in the history of our country. <laughs> so anyone that tells you, I, I can't stand the, um, you know, the financial advisors or planners or, or money managers that go on television on a business channel and say, oh, this market's going to last two, three or more years. You know, Milton Friedman could go on to the same business channel. He could say it. I wouldn't believe him. Yeah. I mean, nobody knows. We are in totally uncharted territory and we have no idea what, how this is going to end up. What we do know is we're seeing the VIX index, the volatility index, um, extremely high. You know, uncharacteristically high. We just had an inverted yield curve between the two and three year rates and the five year rates just, you know, a, a little bit ago. And so those are all precursors to recession, all, always indicating recession. And I do think that we're simply just, if, if you forget about every underlying fundamental of the economy and just look at the macroeconomic timetable, because we're in the longest bull market in the history of our country, we are overdue for some kind of correction. So all of those factors together, and you add in geopolitical risk from China, trade, Russia, you know, Turkey's currency, uh, everything in the world, North Korea uh, on the you know military front, and you've just got a potential recipe for crazy disaster. But I mean, this whole I, I, I've always my problem because I always feel like I'm such a negative naysayer, and I'm such a positive person. But it, so, so I don't know how I do my job honestly because I'm such a positive person. But everything I want to come out and say is hurt, negative, negative, negative. But the truth is, the best thing I can do in, in my life with my message is educate and tell as many people out there all of these things so that they can take and self empower themselves to take responsibility and take action while everyone around them is doing nothing. I mean, it's kind of like the, the story of the Bible of Noah's Ark. You know, he started building this ark, this big boat, and it's not raining yet. It's a drought and everyone's making fun of him saying he's crazy, crazy, crazy. I get a lot of conventional financial advisors saying, I'm crazy that there's not, the tax policy is going to be stable for the next 25 years. The market's not going to crash. Everything's going to be fine. And, you know, I'm just going ahead and building my boat with my clients. Well, you've, you've got to do that because you don't, you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I, I always call it not being negative, but looking the dragon in the mouth. And, uh, you know, if you look the dragon in the mouth and go, I don't want to go there, you can take steps to prepare. That's right. That's right. <laughs> because that, that, that could happen. And there are, so, like you talk about, there are so many different aspects that can come at you from government taxes, um, death, retirement, health. Your health can go into the Absolutely. toilet really quickly. Yeah. I've had friends that, that they're feeling fine one day and all of a sudden they've got cancer and they go right off the rails financially and with their life and and they're playing catch up and you just you just never know what's gonna happen. And so, you know, what's I, I think some of your website talks about this. If you don't have a plan, you plan to fail. So you've gotta you've gotta look at some of the crazy stuff that can happen in the world and go, how do we how do we hedge for this? How do we make yeah. sure that we've got protections in place? And we've we've made a plan because that you're right. That's what the rich do. The rich hire these financial planners to come in, plan for the future, plan for every element, plan for different tax strategies. I mean, that's half the reason I'm self-employed is because I can take a lot of uh, I can use a lot of tax strategies to my benefits, write-offs, things that you know. I mean, between owning businesses for all they have since I've eighteen, 
I, I can't imagine not living with the write-offs that the IRS gives me for business and everything else. Um, and a lot of people don't have access to that because they're, they're employed. They work for an employer. They don't want to take the risk of being self-employed. And yeah, you've got to manage your money because if you trust somebody else with it, they're probably just going to spend it or ruin it. Uh, recently, one of my friends on Facebook was complaining about how one of the wealth managers out there that's one of the popular ones, probably top five ones, keeps burning all his money through these ups and downs that the market's now starting to, to do because the market's starting to adjust and plan for a recession or some sort of correction in the market coming in the future. And they planned years ahead of time for this stuff. And so if the markets go down, your portfolio and your 401k or whatever is going to go down unless you make sure that you've got an asset uh, put into the right allocations for your cash or, you know, gold or, or socks or whatever, bonds, whatever you want to take and do and working with uh, financial planners like yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You're 100% right. And that's what we do every day. And that's what we uh, sort of live for. So, you know, yeah. um, the the failing to uh, plan is planning to fail. Exactly what we say. You're 100% right. Definitely, definitely. So anything more we need to know? How, do, how could clients get in touch with you? Uh, potential clients can get in touch with you and work with you and, and uh, uh, maybe have an assessment done on, on their sort of thing and, and yeah. how you meet and greet those folks. We work with clients all over the country because I have a national-based practice. So um, we do work with clients all over, and we have clients that come to us from all over. So uh, we do a lot of our virtual meetings, which are our best friend, you know. And we do meet with clients face-to-face -face, uh, when they do come on board at least once. But we do do a lot of virtual work with clients all over the country because, it's, it's, you know, we can meet. I meet with clients in the United Kingdom, you know, virtually no problem. So um, the, the website is the best way to get in touch with us because all of our contact information is there. Our, our phone number, our email address, you know, our address, physical address, all these things. But it's, um, you can e email us info at Walser Wealth. Walser is W-A-L-S as in Sam E-R. Info at Walser Wealth is one way to email us. You can go to our website, walserwealth.com. There's a contact form. And of course, they, there's the phone number. So you can uh, just call the, you know, call us and we'll be happy to uh, set up a, a call with a, talk with a client. Sounds good. So everyone go to their website, check out Rebecca's site and get in touch with her, make some plans because uh, there, I think there's, there's volatility that's going to happen here in the future uh, in some case and, and, and from probably different, if not one variant, some other sort of multiple variants and you definitely want to plan. I mean, I, I, I constantly talk to my mom and, and she'll tell me about this distribution and this tax and, and uh, she didn't know that this tax was going to come from there. They don't tell you a lot of stuff when you plan this out. Hey, you're going to have these taxes. A lot of people are under the impression that, that you know, you, you get your money back and that's it. It's tax free and it's a free ride and blah, blah, blah. And it, it, even like Medicare distributions have issues. Uh, I have two sisters who are on Medicare now. Uh, that are, are in homes. One has MS. The other was born with issues, um, and and so there's issues to deal with with the government on their end and everything else, especially when it comes to paperwork. Um, so you have to plan for these things. You have to be aware of them and get them going on. So anyway, thanks for being on, Rebecca. We certainly appreciate you. you shared a wonderful amount of knowledge with us. We probably should have you on here as we go through the next year. <laughs> we'll have you on every time like some some market crash happens or some sort of tax change happens how about that that sounds awesome it was great to be with you and uh, i appreciate your time 
Thank you very much. And in my audience, be sure you give us a like, subscribe to us on YouTube, hit that bell notification button, refer your friends, neighbors, relatives, youtube.com for us. Chris Voss. You see all the notifications we're doing. We're going to be having sponsors for the new CES show coming up in January, so be sure to watch for that. And we're still doing, of course, reviews for all the gifts you should be getting for your family, if you love them or not. Uh, get them awesome gifts. You can find those on the Chris Voss YouTube channel as well. Tell your friends to go to iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, Google Play, and iTunes. They can subscribe to the show, share it with your friends, neighbors, relatives. Get them listening as well, and we certainly appreciate everyone who tunes in. Thanks to my audience. Thanks to Rebecca for being here. We'll see Thank you guys you. next time. Thank you, Chris.